Citizens of the Verse. Today is November 14th, 2953, and welcome to a very belated episode of Citizen Cast. We're a Star Citizen podcast here to discuss what's going on in the game and its development. I'm your host, Way Too Geeky, and I'm joined by the OG himself, Chekhov. Say hello, Chekhov. Hello. Hello, everybody. And then we have our tried and true Seagard Olsen. Hello, Seagard. Hello. And new to the show, um, our fellow CitizenCon guest is uh, Droz. Droz, welcome. Hello, hello, citizens. How is As I call you Droz, but are you Droz or are you Drowse? How do you actually pronounce your name? We we should have asked that beforehand, but of course it's I never do it. It's Droz. Okay, yep, that's, you got it. that's yep. what I thought. That's what I thought, right. but I now always we, question it. So now that we know he calls himself Droz... We should all start calling him Drows. That's right. There you <laughs> go. Wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> um, and we, most of us know each other's actual first names now and what we look yeah. like in person. Yes. So, um, way too much has happened. Mostly, it's been my fault that we haven't gotten together again. So, apologies to everybody. Um. Geeky's been on the dating scene, and it's been a lot. Oh, so yeah. so, so tell us, tell us, come on. Uh, <laughs> we know. Listen, this isn't for a Star Citizen podcast, that's for sure. <laughs> <clears throat> he's he's been in a, a, a good place and a dark place. Instead of, instead of a true crimes, he's going to make a true dating podcast uh, next. Listen, you know? I I've been writing down stories. I have a journal. It's not. It's not a safe space. Let's just say that. <laughs> but I never felt so safe before as going to CitizenCon. So we have a lot to talk about. Um, I guess before we dive into CitizenCon con- content, um, what's everybody been doing in the verse? Uh, Drows, since you're the newest to the podcast, what have you been up to? Uh, mainly just doing the, uh, cargo looting. I haven't, uh, you know, really experienced pyro much. Only got to play it for a short minute. Didn't get really tense split off. Don't really get into the PTU much, so. I haven't had too much time to play, but any time that I've been playing, I've been pretty much, uh, doing a little bit of bounty hunting. And then, uh, the PVE. And then. Nice. Doing the, uh, salvage, uh, looting. Excellent. Well, so you're in Alpha 321, essentially. Yeah. Okay, cool. What about you, Chekhov? Well, now that you ask. So I figure I'll leave the bounties for Pyro because there'll be plenty of burnout on bounties. So I made quite a bit of money on salvage missions. And um, while they're still hyper profitable. Yeah, they are, and I have my own kind of theory on that. I really think that he's sort of giving it to us because we were suffering, you know, mm-hmm. with all these patches and everything's been going on. Figure, oh, you know, let everybody have some fun for a while. But but anyway, so that now they have all this money, so I was able to get a whole bunch of ships. And uh, but I really focused on mining now because ultimately when all this gets kind of normalized and nerfed, I think, you know, mining will probably be back and, you know, the money maker. So 
uh, Flavia stalked me into the mall. So now we're kind of trying to figure out, because it's kind of complicated, different loadouts, different rocks, you know, and it's and it's even got even more complicated in this patch, you know. The rocks are really not that easy to manage. You really have to have a, you know, certain loadouts for certain rocks because they're either going to explode on you or you won't be able to crack them. So it's kind of fun. I think it's probably one of the most, um, I guess, uh, complex game loops right now because, you know, everything else is sort of basic, like, you know, bunkers are, uh, you know, pew, 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 you know, bounties <laughs> are kind of, you know, shoot, well, at least here you sort of have to do a lot of experimenting and calculating and all that. Nice. I mean, you've always been a miner at heart to a degree. So yep, that's true. It's nice that it's one of the most fully fleshed out game features that we oh, have. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, and sounds like it might be even further fleshed out soon-ish, TM. Um, Seaguard, what about you? Uh, I actually played a little bit. Um, so I, a couple days I did whole sea runs looking for a good run and finally came up with one that was, uh, consistently 200,000 profit. Um, it's only a one way route right now. So I got to figure out the other routes. Um, well, how long is the route? Is it short? Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's like pyro to Terra jump point, right? It's, it's fairly long ways, but I'm making, you know, it's, it's, you know, you do maybe two an hour, um, but you're picking up, you're going and picking up, um, large amounts of material, you know, obviously you have to fill up 40,700 and whatever it is, uh, cargo units. Or, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 4,700 something. Um, yeah. and you're selling it, you know, with profit at 200,000, which is good. So, I mean, that's, I mean, if you're doing two bad. an hour, that's 400 an hour. That's a lot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, the, the, I picked the material, um, not have fest tonight. Um, I basically picked the is it maybe even I can't remember what material it is right now. I probably have it written down, but um, I picked it because it has a large quantity available. I mean, you know, there's others that you can go in there and get a partial load, right? But this is like a full load every time, which is what I want to do. I don't want to. I don't want the ship looking half empty. It looks stupid. So, uh, but it was pretty fun. I did a lot of docking with it, and uh, I know there's been some problems with people docking, but I actually got fairly good at it now. Um, and the cargo loading sequence always worked for me, and so I've been pretty pleased with that. And then um, I did some also some uh, went around and kind of resupplied by looting, and I picked up some some pretty cool armor the other day. It's uh, Mark Ten armor, but it has a different like color and a different pattern on the chest. It has like a marking on the chest. It's not a pirate armor, but it's some kind of mark. It's a mark 12, I guess 10 or 10 orc armor um, with a red chest plate. It's pretty cool looking. Okay. Um, and then y- the yesterday, I think it was day before yesterday I did, I just went out and was listening to Flavius and Chekhov do their mining. And, uh, decided to go do planetary mining in the prospector, just a stock prospector. And uh, it was pretty fun. I didn't, didn't really worry, have to worry about blowing up my ship or um, anything like that. It was relatively 
you know, pleasant. The ship was flying well. Um, came back and, you know, turned, a, you know, probably a 40-minute game into a you know, full load of cargo and and uh, landed and got off for the night. So nice. that was remarkably fun. So Excellent. <clears throat> I have not been playing Star Citizen at all. Um, yeah, it's, I've been playing the dating game. It's been all right. I've whittled down the pool of candidates. We're down to a very small number. We'll see what happens. Uh, Two billion, three billion people. Listen, uh, surprisingly, if anyone's on the dating scene and you haven't used Hinge, I matched with a remarkably large number of people that were fairly attractive. So I didn't feel really bad about myself, which is usually what happens when I'm on the apps. (laughs) Is I'm like, oh, maybe it's time to just like, you know, call it quits for life. You know, like this isn't looking (laughs) great. The priesthood is calling. (laughs) Um, Yeah, that's right. You can make beer. But uh, besides that, I mean, three out of four of us went to CitizenCon. Sorry, Jeff. We wish you were there. That would have been fun. That would have been really good. It was very fun. You were there. Um, in, you were there in spirit. Yeah, we, yes. we should have carried like a big picture of your face so that you could. Well, see I us. saw you. I, I saw you on the stream. So yeah, that counts. I mean, who who was it? Um, was it Mr. Tim? Was like it? Was that you guys? Yeah. <laughs> I think it was Flusha. Flusha was like, I just saw you guys. Mm. Yeah. I think both of them said it. That's funny. Um, but it was a big group of. I think there were ten of us. Total? Yeah. Yeah. At uh, one point, there was 11. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Uh, we didn't get to meet Quadnum. How um, did you get to 11? Who Who are the 11? Well, we picked, we picked up um, um, uh, Angle of Attack and his buddy there. Yeah. So it was um, Nets, Nets Mage, um, Seaguard, myself, Skyguard. Obviously, Droz. Esgar. Um, es- Esgar. Board um, 8401. Yeah. Uh, his friend Kyle was with us. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. And then the Angle Climb. Oh, and then um, Canuck. Not oh, Canuck. Cromwell. Wow. Um, Cromwell. Um, yeah. Oh, Cromwell. That's, that's 10. Yeah. I don't know who the 11th was. Yeah. Well, I think, I think King and... Um, and Quadnum were there. Well, I don't know if Ken was there, but I know. And then we did bump into VMZO as well. That's right. Yeah, he was a good. Oh. Was good to see him. He was doing a lot of stuff with JDRF um, for um, taking the pictures on top of the uh, uh, the dragonfly. But mm-hmm. I literally bumped into him face first, and I said, "Hey, VMZO," uh-huh. and he looked at me like, "Who are you?" And why? And then you could tell he was wrecking his brain because he's like, "I recognize the voice. I recognize the voice. I recognize uh-huh. the voice." And I go, "It's geeky." And he goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> and he's like, "Who else is here?" I was like, "Well, Seaguard's here. We've got Nats. We got the." He's like, "Where is Seaguard?" I was like, "I don't know. I just saw him." He sent me over, and I went over and met him too. Yeah. It was good to finally meet him. Yeah. But I guess you know, besides diving into some of the some of the schedule, um, you know, I guess what, what were your key takeaways and it could be about content in the game or just the event. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, what, what was it about citizen? Did you, 
how do you feel about it? Just overall, how does it make you feel about the game? Um, and, and and what do you think kind of coming out of that? Uh, why don't you start, Dros? <laughs> and that's uh, a big question. You know, I think everybody going in was kind of up in arms, questionable. Not sure what we were going to see. You know, everybody was wanting to see some Squadron 42. Uh, everybody didn't want to see Pyro, but they knew that Pyro would probably be part of it. But uh, there was just so much stuff, man. You know, the master modes, the uh, new maps, the um, the water, you know, was really cool. The Maelstrom, mm-hmm. I mean, the cloth, the, the engine. There's, there's so much, you know, yeah. come out of there just feeling refreshed and rejuvenated and just ready to have a good time. Yeah. It it was fun for sure. And it uh I guess, you know, this was all of our first citizen cons in person, right? So how did you feel did you feel like that made a difference for you, Droz? Yeah, it was exciting, you know, it was good to meet up with some people, hang out, do that. Uh, I've never been to any kind of a con, so that was really, really uh, interesting. Uh, Nothing outside of the realm of kind of what I expected. Um, Mm. Always could be some improvements with with what they did, I think. But, um, yeah, it was was great, man. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. We had really good sushi the first night, so. Yeah, it was good. Extremely good. Yeah, that was good. All you could eat. It kind of haunts me, actually, a little bit. Mm. That it was that tuna that that tuna we had at the end, Rose. That I was like, "WTF? Why is this so good? And why didn't I have this sooner?" Right? Yeah, it, that place was pretty phenomenal. For like what seems like kind of like a chain too. Anyway, sorry. Enough sushi talk. Um. Uh. So Chekhov, did you manage to watch any of Citizen? Yeah. Crime? Yeah, you feel? what was your key takeaway? And we, we're, we'll talk, dive into the panels, so you don't have to worry about that. But what'd you feel? You know, what I, was, your I was just, uh, I mean, if I were to kind of, the most memorable part were the, were the, the habs for me and the, and the whole concept of, you know, being able to build, you know, different tier of habs right the mm. uh they i already forgot exactly what like three tiers the ones that are going to be mm. insurable not insurable owned lease uh, i mean they're modular i think mm. there's going to be a lot going on there you mm. know and that that was really interesting well it's more it's more than just habs right these are like centers right mm. you know that, that, that that's the one i'm referring to yeah the, yes. the the homestead portion with Todd Pappy, where he showed that they were kind of like the concept of of the homestead and yeah. what that what that looks like and um, what you're talking about is f- sort of fully secured like in UEE space versus some other protected space versus completely unlawful. Right, right. To me, that brings that uh, I guess that that the whole other component, you know, with crack crafting mining uh yeah. managing your resources right uh the managing your own like uh you know electricity and mm-hmm. possibly having your own fuel sources yeah so it's yeah it's really it it's kind of uh took my i i didn't expect that that's where they're gonna go with homesteads i thought it's gonna be uh, quite a bit more basic yeah well because when they originally showed off the pioneer 
originally we thought they were going to be those outposts that we see on all of our moons. And yeah, it's like, exactly. you know, this to me, if I could react gently to what you said, to me, this is how you flesh out a verse, right? Because players can generate content that is engaging. And this is what, for those of you who've played star Wars galaxies, this was engaging about that game. So if they can get it anywhere close Mm -hmm. to the base building that they had there, we're in a very exciting place. Um, what about you, Mr. Seaguard? Also known as my bunkmate, we almost had to spoon. Just so that's you correct. Mm-hmm. That was correct. It's our rough first date. <laughs> yeah. It would have been real gentle, a, real gentle, real gentle. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I really enjoyed it. It was a lot of money to get out there. I ain't gonna lie. And but it was worth every penny once I got there and started, you know, meeting everyone again and. Um, it made it worth it. There's no doubt about it. And, uh, and you know, I, I did their little questionnaire and, um, you know, I, I really liked the ways they, they decorated it. And, you know, I didn't expect that when you walked in to, you know, see all the, you know, the, the smoke and the dry ice smoke and the, the, uh, kind of the set, the stage settings, yeah. where they had, you know, fake walls. It was really well done. <clears throat> the booths were all decent. I mean, it wasn't uh, a bunch of tables just sitting in, you know, in a room. Yeah. Um, there was some empty space, but, but I thought it was very well done. Um, the floor, um, the room where they actually did the show, I thought was extremely well set up. I don't think there was a bad spot in that place. No, no, I, I, I don't really don't. I mean, they had the stage up high, but they had the big screens. Um, you were, you know, the seats were close, but you know, they're like any place else. It, it was, I, it was a great place to just kind of sit in this environment with fake asteroids floating around and lights and blinking yeah. lasers and junk like that going on. Um, the just, and hanging out afterwards was worth every penny of it. I mean, yeah. as much walking as we did, we didn't do a huge amount, but we did do enough where, I, I thought I was going to need a hip that's replacement. Not walking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Not, that's, that was uh, for me. That was triple my exercise for the year, but uh, it was fun. It was a blast. Yeah, I think uh, for the area inside, which would have been nicer, is if they had some some more vendors yeah. along along with the. Uh, orgs and everything that were there and spread yeah. out and took a little more space, you know, brought in yep. like stream deck and brought in the voice attack guys and yeah. different yep. people like that would be really cool to bring in. That's uh, a, definitely a future opportunity for them to look at. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, but like, but like uh, a said, the uh, smoke and the, the uh, lights and everything made it real pyro esque, but then they, uh, you know, played a mind trick on you when they did the presentation, you know, it wasn't, yeah excessive amount of it but it was really good Um, and and you know for me from the minute jared and his sidekick there started talking like they did that warm-up for the actual shows each day chris was it no dan 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 Dan. um i thought that was fantastic i mean it was entertaining and you know you sat there until what about two two o'clock, I guess we were gonna eat. We we ate lunch. Yeah, lunch was at two, yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, it was session after session after session. I was never bored. I never thought they really ran on on anything. Uh, they stayed on schedule. I mean, it was well done. I, I yeah. really got to give them kudos. Um, I was entertained. I was definitely entertained. So yeah, it, was, um, it was great. I think the only thing that they could have done was added some uh, like TVs on some rolling stands for the merch lines. Yeah. And, oh uh, yeah. That's walk, a good walk, idea. Walking through the halls and stuff like that, you know, especially when you wanted to watch the fight or flight. Yeah. No, they had, they right. had the one, the two big screens that were back to back, which the people in the pyro area could see and the people in the main area could see. Right. But a few more here and there, they didn't need a yeah. bunch, but, but a handful of those back, back to back, you know, with some good sized TVs yeah. would have been nice to add. Yeah. You know there. what I think they could have done? Perfect. I think they should have released fire. Yeah. <laughs> well, it does require some hey, substantial they, stuff. They they did, you know. They, yeah, they, I they, 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 they did. So you no. guys, right? Yeah, yeah I was did. blown away with how many PCs were there. Yeah, it was, I think uh, it was two hundred. Yeah, it was a lot of PCs. One big land party is what it was. I, was I, think, I, I think it was either that or you have a mob scene, right? You have a gang of attendees saying the pyro is not here. Oh, yeah, yeah. pretty much rushing the stage. Yeah, yeah I think so. they said it was 150 PCs, 100, oh, eye, 100 eye trackers, and yep. I believe uh, 10 sets of joysticks. I believe. Yep. What yeah. the I had the one me. PC that had neither joysticks nor an Atobi yeah. eye tracker. There you yeah. Go. Oh. yeah. And for some reason, my view was locked, so I couldn't use yeah. Z to, to control my neck yeah. or my head movements. You know, the other thing was um, I was really impressed with was the staff made themselves available. I mean, it mm. was just insane. Yeah. I mean, poor Jared. I mean, I felt bad for the guy. Um, but, you know, I had, uh, what is his name? The guy who was in charge of the German, uh, in Germany, not not the bearded German Brian guy. Chambers? Brian Chambers, you know, he's noodle, out there walking Noodle around. hair. That's yeah, what everyone calls him, noodle hair. Yeah, and he was walking around. Um, Todd uh, Pappy was talking, I Todd, think... Todd Pappy is actually who I was thinking of. You know, I just went over and said thanks to all of them. But every one of them was just super friendly, super available. Jared was exhausted. I mean, the guy went all day for two days. But but did you see there's a little bit of joy in his eyes as he's signing autographs like he's super famous? Yeah, 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 yeah. I got a signature. Imagine it. So tell that story before we move on because this was a really cool story. Yeah, so I was just hanging around, and uh, I wanted to just say thanks to the developer. So I'd gotten around, but Jared had a big, long line. So I stood in line, and uh, we're getting – it's the just about the end of the second day. Jared's real tired, and there's you know one or two people in front of me, and they start saying, hey, just to give you guys a heads up, you know, we're going to have to shut this place down here, so you may not – No, that was the end of the – this was the end of the first day. First day? Or, yeah, I guess yeah. it was the first day. We may have to shut it Our down. Our second day there, the first yes. day of the conference. That's right. Convention. And uh, so I, I'm sitting there, okay. And then uh, I'm the next person in line. And someone comes out of the side. Two guys come out, and he stands in front of me, kind of jokingly, and says, Oh, I'm going to go next, just that and the other. And I recognize him. It was him Zylo, as, right? It, yeah, it was Zylo. I, I recognized him as one of their staff. I didn't recognize him because I thought he was much shorter. Um, but he's pretty tall. He's about 6'1, 6'2. And uh, he always made like a fake you know, shrug, like, you know, I don't think we want to fight over it. And I just laughed. And, uh, and he went ahead of me. 
and talked briefly with Jared. And while he's talking to Jared, he whips out something and has Jared sign it. And then he points to me and he says, come here. And he gives me his um, black star citizen card, uh, which is a founder's card. And it's signed by Jared. So Isn't that like fun. a Squadron Forty Two, like original backer, yeah, like original backer founders. Dang, man, yeah. nice. That's yeah, cool. so I was like, that's really cool. So, and I have my own. I have two of them because I was a backer early on, but I don't have that one. Um, so, but now I have all three. That so that I thought that was fantastic. And um, what a moment too, as as we just well, perfect time those announcements, right? Yep. Um, for me, I just thought it was really fun to be in person for this one. First of all, to me, it was the best Citizen Con that I've seen. I I, I was not bored with a single panel. Nope. I thought, and I will say, and I think a lot of other content creators have already beat this horse super dead, but I think this was the most realistic Citizen Con where it didn't feel like a lot was faked. It felt like a lot of this is stuff that's going to be in game in the next year, um, with the exception of maybe the the homestead stuff. Um, and which pyro, they, pyro will be in the game within a year, for so, sure. But we can talk about that. <laughs> I mean, it all it takes is server meshing. I I say that as if it's going to be right. Easy. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they've already. They said when we were out there, they said we could turn when, it on right now. You just have to log into a different yeah. set of servers. Yeah. When it, was it the last, plays? Uh, when was the last live Citizen Con? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. Twenty nineteen. Right about four years ago. Mm-hmm. Remember they they also demoed a really cool game loop to the attendees. What was that? I forgot. There was a data heist mission in one of the microtech buildings. No, 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 no. The the one that the the air, the ground, the space. Well, that, what was that? The, the air, uh, ground, war. space. Uh, oh, oh, you're talking about um, you're talking about uh, theaters of war. Yes, theaters of war. Well, do we have it? It's four yeah, years but, later. But Chekhov, you're talking about you're talking about. The, the difference between Theaters of War was it always had a small, scrappy team, and they had another studio working on it that broke away, right? Fire Sprite or whatever. Um, and the team that was working on Theaters of War decided to prioritize other things. Server meshing, everyone in the company pretty much has been working on to some degree, shape, or form, whether it's putting in, implementing the code within... Um, their own instances or, or whatever they work work on instances is the wrong uh, terminology there. Yeah. But I mean, while I do think it'll probably take longer than we hope it will, I do think server meshing will come in within the next year. Yeah. Now there, there was a, uh, some discussion on that server meshing. Well, we were talking about pyro, right? So pyro without the server meshing is still playable. And it was running very smooth. Yeah, you can, they just, what you couldn't, if you have server meshing, they would have to have a way of shifting you from one mm-hmm. environment to the other. Kind of like you get in the elevators right now, it wouldn't be truly jumping um, like yeah. we do with quantum driving, right? It would be a kind of a false uh, image, but you could actually do it right now. And they said they, they said that's very possible. Uh, yeah. But they, um, the server meshing is the key 
And then on a series of podcasts recently, they had additional comments from one of the uh, one or two of the devs that said the announcement at CitizenCon of server meshing was just kind of like the public release, but they've actually been doing it or using it and filling it. Well, they've been fiddling with that working version for over a month testing it. Yeah. So it's not just that simple little thing. They've been doing a more robust version of that already, and they're testing it for a month. That was their way of demoing it to us. Well, simple man's view. If we could jump in, since that that was part of the first session. So the first session that we got to see was called "Shaping the Verse: The Future of Star Engine," and this was an overview of the entire Star Engine from what we already know about it, um, all the way through to things that they'll be adding. Um, some of the things included um, a lot of the ray tracing and some VFX stuff that they've been working on and the Gen 12 renderer stuff on top of their cloth tech that they've been talking about for years, their hair tech, uh, as well as, you know, tattoos. Really ta- yeah, tattoos that are based on like melan- melanin in the body, um, you know, realistic tears, blood. Um, they showed off things like you know the way water behaves to any kind of force as well as the maelstrom uh sort of like destruction engine i don't know what to call it uh yeah. and then also you know f- some fauna um oh, let's not forget the things. most the most important thing seamless seamless yeah immersive now you're reacting, uh, what was his name? Yeah. That guy who everyone keeps commenting on who is such a hater and is like, oh my god, it's real. Uh, I don't know. I forgot. It's, there's, a, there's a YouTuber who was like yeah, a star citizen. One or two of those, yeah. yeah. But uh, no, I'm just saying, you know, it was a seamless transitions. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Know, that was one of their big pushing points. I mean, oh, they, were, yeah. they, were, they were selling the game, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and they have the right to. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. because they, they have Starfield a right to do with what you can do in this game. Go ahead. Yeah, and that's the biggest thing, you know. Starfield is all about, you know, uh, all about nothing really, transitions and all. Where uh, you know, Star Citizen is seamless, and that's a huge difference. Yeah. And they've been doing it for years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's only but, getting better and better. Right, but can you can I tell you something? If you were to ask me now. What I would rather have, Pyro, or all the other functionality that they showed, I will have plenty to do. As a matter of fact, I don't think a boss will have enough time to even go to Pyro or be in Pyro. i rather take the the old edit functionality that they showed us Mm. in Stanton today. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Remember, this is what I... We talked about this a long time ago. Should we have them put stuff in place, even placeholders that are cool... Until they get it all working and get the full play, you know, the play patterns down, right? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah I'm like you. I'm well, well let me ask you a quick. A cigarette has been flying around the verse the jump points. How long does it take you to get from one jump point to, to another with the fastest drive right now? Well, I'm using I'm using stock drives. I only use stock stuff. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, so I good. you know, it's taken 12, 13 minutes. It's, it's farther than jumping across the, you know, Crusader or Yella to 
New Babbage. It's it's a long ass way. And you use dumpster drives. <laughs> yeah. So you know, even yeah. even with three twenty one, we we've got the missions like the uh, steal evidence, the uh, retrieve consignment, and the uh, Orison platform stuff. You know, so yeah, you know, like Chekhov says, there's stuff to do still yeah, in right. Stanton. So even having some finely tuned stuff, an economy, uh, some other things here and there, they could they could keep us with Stanton and entertained for a while. Mm, yeah, right. Because from a practical standpoint, right, if all of us have a couple hours a night to spend, so if I end up in Pyro, and from what I'm, well, the the way everyone envisions it. It's very limited resources, so um, you know you're going to be going back and forth. You're going to forget something. Well, I know I'll forget something for sure. So my my whole evening is going to be spent jumping to Pyro and jumping back. I feel like unless you're an outlaw, Pyro isn't isn't a place you're going to want to venture by yourself. Right. It's either with an org or a crew, and like a multi. I think Pyro. I think this is part of the challenge is like putting pyro in earlier, but without having some of the stuff that really fleshes out multi-crew gameplay, including things like having that persistence of having food storage in your ship and having resources in your ship and, and, and additional things and even being able to repair your ship. Um, You know, those are some things they might not be true bottlenecks, but, the experience, the willingness to go there once it is launched, if some of those things aren't in, will be more challenging and will be a lot more risky than should we have those things. Um, yeah, they're they're going to force us over there. They're yeah. going to put lootables like they I did. I think they're like going to make the, it the var, day of the var helmets. Yeah, or, uh, I think they're going to make it too valuable to go there. You know different things like that so that they're going to be like well only found in the pyro system Mm -hmm. so you know you're going to be forced to go there at some point yeah like the rail rail and that's that's okay no problem um but there is plenty in stanton we could do as well so drows what else about that star engine demo which is also where they did the server meshing demonstration um you know what else anything stand out um, to you as the most exciting or, or anything? you know the fire really? simulation stuff was really yep. cool like i mentioned before the water was really awesome you know the maelstrom came as a surprise you know mm-hmm. what their what their plan is for that same uh the lighting you know the fog was really cool the, yeah a lot of the fog stuff you know the new quantum travel uh was mm-hmm. really really unique you know um the more realistic audio i think came from that star engine as well but that was a uh yeah. no that um, was uh I think that was taking flight. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 It was noticeable. Yeah. I was, I was actually trying to figure out um, what type of, what type of hardware I might be able to use to increase my audio, uh, you know, quality. I mean, I, without going out and buying a $400 set of headphones or something, right? Just, yeah. Um, because it was noticeable in the room. I really was like, wow. Oh, the audio in the room. That, that's one oh, thing. If that I could was give it. In-game audio? They, they demoed it as like uh, in-room, right? No, it was just, it was, so one of the segments did realistic flight audio. Yeah, realistic oh, okay. What that sounds the, like. The new, new audio simulation, right? Wasn't it? And yeah. it, it sounds really cool, but 
I was talking more about in that room, the speakers were blasting almost too loud. It was almost uncomfortable how loud it was. The sound effects, though, when they they switched between the, the current and the when they were demoing, I mean, mm-hmm. literally, my arms were vibrating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was like no vibration, all of a sudden, vibration. Your arms, my taint was shaking. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely like uh, like you were in a theater or something yeah. when, when they it wanted was, you to be. Yeah, and uh, you could hear a lot more, um, a lot more of the ambient sounds. Um, yeah, I was, I, I was, it did actually interest me a lot. Well, um, so check off. What about you? Anything from that first segment, the Star Engine, that really stood out to you? Oh well, I. For me, like, I don't remember exactly what was in the first one versus the second one. You guys were there. I I mean, just, the, you know, oh, the, uh, wait, in the first one, the um, the hangers, weren't they in the first nope. one? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so. That was yeah, the uh, uh, Living on the Edge or, no, it was Destination Adventure. Yeah, it was one of the last of my, the uh, That was my uh, second favorite after the the Habs and and believe it or not, like little things like really excited, like the, the 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 sniper rifle scopes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that was great right? too. I mean, that's like for me, that's huge. That's like such a you know quality of life improvement when you mm-hmm. like doing like true sniping. Mm. Yep. No, I yeah, the weapons when they the sound effects for the weapons was amazing too. Yeah. For that place. Wow. That was that was Awesome. Uh, but the sniper scopes I thought were very, very cool. Even, you know, they, I was impressed with the, so they had the character development, right? With all the extra mm-hmm. heads, what, 60 heads now? And they had older heads, you know, people that were clearly, you know, in their 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I mean, I, I expected there to be an improvement. I didn't expect it to be, I mean, they went, hog wild on that i mean you can frost the tips of your hair (laughs) you could do it all with that thing and finally have Uh, beards yeah i mean it was crazy um you know when i know we haven't talked about the map yet but it's the same thing with the map right the map was not just a better map it was like the freaking invention of the wheel it was just so much better. Mm-hmm. So if I could oh, make yeah, a re- yeah. so, so if I could make a recommendation, given get, given where we are now, maybe it'd be good to just go over the, the titles hugs. of the sessions and the yeah, yeah, yeah. bullet points, and then we could talk about the whole thing as a whole because yeah. most of us don't remember what was in what segment, and that yeah. might help. Um, I'm good, but yeah. All right, so we talked about the star engine. Um, really that was everything from, like we said, lighting, the terrain, yep. everything there. Uh, next up was fix it and fly it, which was about resource management and engineering gameplay. Uh, they demoed some of the kind of repair mechanics. Uh, don't worry guys. I think the beam that repairs stuff isn't necessarily the end state, but who knows? Uh, and they also demoed sort of the UI for what an engineer would be handling, in those moments yeah. and showed what it was like to like put fires out. Um, a lot of words. Yeah. Very cool, a lot stuff. Of cool stuff. They had the cosplay competition, which I, I don't think any of, any of us were present, present for, cause 
We were starving. Yeah. And went to go get burgers <laughs> off site because the cafeteria was hella full. Yep. Then and and the day one, the the morning session was running very late, by the way. Um, then they had talking ship where they talked about vehicle pipeline. They talked about um, some of the issues they'd had with people leaving and the team size. They talked about the band merchantman. They talked about some new ships, including the cutter scout. Um, am I missing? I'm definitely missing something. The Zeus. Oh, that's right. The Zeus. Yep. Which we, everybody mm-hmm. expected from leaks. Or the, the Zeus and it's two variants. Yep. A total of three. Yeah, so so far, although people I, have noticed there's a fourth. I thought the ship I thought the ship segment was just right. Yeah. Know, it was truthful. It was not the center of the show, which I anticipated. There was a lot yeah. more talk other than ships. Yeah. Ships were right a part of it, yeah. Um then the last session of day one was navigating the verse or universe. Uh, and that was all like having to do with mission markers, the mini map for your display all the way up through the star map. That's the one where now they're probably going to say bones do this for the rest of the year, probably for another year. Um, then day two started with character advancement. That was everything related to hair. Um, uh, Wait, what else was it? it? Oh, they showed off some of the outlaw styles. I think they talked about the tattoos a little bit. Um, building the gangs. Yep, building the gangs. Oh, uh, some of that so stuff. Good. Then they did. See, I'm now I'm crossing it because I think they also did that on Living on the Edge too. Um, a little bit. Oh no, 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 no. I, I think you're right. The whole gang stuff was all in that because, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Then they did um, life in first person. That was all about some of the combat improvements, um, AI behavior, the overhauled weapon handling, some of the interactions. Then they went into taking flight, which was all about the flight experience. So that's where we saw some of the, they didn't go into it really deep, but some of the new scanning, some of the new quantum stuff. We also saw um, a little bit of master modes. We saw, um, that uh, high precision targeting uh, and some other things there. Then we had lunch finally, uh, then living on the edge. They were showing some of the outlaw stuff. Um, a lot of the underground facility work that they've been doing. And the thing about that for just to add a comment, those for those who don't realize those underground facilities are more important than a lot of people realize they are what are becoming the economic nodes that will drive the economy because that they clearly showed off. Like some of them were storage depots, factories, whatever the case may be. They sort of talked about them as being drivers of the economy within Stanton and, and probably the verse. Uh, And that's where they also finished. Oh no, that was that. Oh no. See, I'm, I'm actually going back and forth because now destination adventure showed what i thought that was the that was uh the distribution centers the raids where they mentioned the raids yeah uh, personal hangers the freight personal freight and how we'll be calling things from the inventory and then that's where they also showed off base building 
And then, of course, we had the closing ceremony, which ended up being what everybody hoped for, which was a big preview of Squadron 42 and the announcement that Squadron was feature complete. Um, Yeah, it was. And the the energy in that room for all the panels, but particularly that was extremely high. (laughs) So I guess given... Given we did the kind of overall highlight, you know, Drows, what else really excited you about about the event? Any any particular topics that stood out to you that you really were happy to see, surprised with? Uh, you know, I was really liking the uh, mini map. Shows yeah. you on your ship, shows the station. That was really cool. Um, the the uh, new uh, looting system. Inventory. Oh yeah! Oh, that, know, that cool. looks phenomenal. Really cool. Um, you know all that stuff. Um, the ping, the radar pings for the first player, mm-hmm. the first person. I mean, was really cool. So all of those were really good. Nice. Excellent. I second that. Did anything surprise you? Um, I mean, uh, probably the biggest surprise was you know. Finally, hearing that Squadron was done, and we're gonna to look to see a lot of this, you know, in the next yearish or so. Yeah, yeah, that was huge. That was huge. You know, a lot of the other stuff is not really anything that's that's life changing. You know, we all know yeah. we're waiting on server meshing. That's the biggest key. Um, they're just adding in a lot of cool stuff that that we've been waiting on. That's nice to finally see. Yeah, it, it definitely. I hear you there. Um. There, squadron was a, a huge, obviously moment. the The challenge is if they didn't say something, everybody would have been disappointed because we all sort of expected at least something, especially based on the the monthly reports. But yeah, I think it was a very pleasant surprise. A couple, couple other things were the uh, you know the new ship HUD with the uh, two extra screens up on the top, mm. making those adjustable and where they stay where you put them. Oh yeah, there's so many things. There was a lot of things that were great. You know. That was that was really cool. Yeah, there was a lot of detail though. I mean, it was everything was like over the top detail. Like even like picking up the weapon, you know, removing the magazine. They flip the weapon on its side and inspect the chamber like you would in real life. I mean, mm-hmm. that's exactly what you do: move the source of ammunition, place the weapon on the safe, charge it to the rear, charge it to the rear, place it in the inspect the chamber, release it, pull the trigger. You know. It was actually weapon wear, right? Remember? Yeah, yeah. Gun, weapon gun wear. Was that was the other one. Yeah. That gun was jammy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. That was really cool. I mean, what about you, Seaguard? Since since we've got you mid midstream there. Yeah, I, you know, I was definitely impressed with um, the map. No doubt about it. Um, the quantum. Uh, I hadn't done any of the test flights on the, you know, the quantum, the new flight mechanic. Um, I like the way that it incorporates some skill and that you it's a little tough to fly in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of shaky and rattling, and and, uh, and I like that. And I have to believe that some ships will do that better than others, right? Um, maybe an Origin will be like smooth as silk, uh, whereas an Aurora you know, might be a bear to handle. Um, mm-hmm. So I I loved that. I definitely love the engineering play. Um, 
you know, I, the only thing that kept running through my mind is all the things that you're going to have to do on a ship. Um, there's not enough beds on a ship for the crew you're going to need. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be, it's going to be busy. Um, so it was impressive. Nice. Uh, yeah, it was, it was really good. I, I mean, I like, that was one of my tops as well. Um, check off. How about yourself? Uh, the MFDs, the, the water effects. I mean, those were incredible. Yeah. I mean, that's just like a whole different level of immersion. Mm. But the, um, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember because I thought it was really cool. Something about the HUD that it was, well, yeah, it's totally different. I guess that's the one where they demoed the Gladius, right? Yeah. With the new HUD. Yeah. And you could choose to have stuff on your visor if you want. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. That was really, because now when you turn your, your head, right. You see the, basically the MFD in it. Yeah. That's going to be really, really helpful when you're doing bounties. And yeah. See, I, I would like to have that on like that ability to use your helmet that way. A high-end system might have two locations on the HUD. Uh, a low-end might not have any ability to do that on the helmet, right? Yeah. Right? And you kind of go with you, like a ship, you can upgrade for different things. But, you know, that could give a guy in a, an Aurora LN with multiple screens visible on his helmet the ability to be more effective than a guy who's got crappy equipment in a, you know, a Hornet or something. Uh I would like to see that type of stuff worked into this. And and I'm sure they already have. Mm. Because there's no way they told us everything in, you know, 10 minute spurts. Yeah. I mean, they even mentioned. There's no way. They even mentioned in last week's Star Citizen Live, which we probably won't recap this week because we've got too much to talk about. But um, they even mentioned that, like, they didn't even show us real radar updates because they were so focused on the mini-map and the map, but there are also updates to pinging and, and scanning that they, they'll they be showing us throughout this the remainder of this year. So, um, for me, yeah, I, mean, I it was just was some of my favorites. Obviously, the mini-map squadron was amazing to see. I also love to see how excited Chris was because you could tell there were two moments in the conference, two of the few moments we saw him one where they demoed server meshing and you could tell he was just overjoyed because it's gotta be hard when people keep saying there's no way you're ever going to do this. And he believed the people that he hired and they made it happen. Um, did it take a lot longer? Yes. Was it perfect? No. But I think he knows that he has the people for it. Um, but yeah, the mini-map for me was huge. I think um, just seeing all the variety of different things, like it was very clear that there's still a, there were still a ton of people working on the PU. Uh, and with the combination of the tools that they showed off and some of the stuff that they're putting in the game with the fact that squadrons feature complete. So they're going to be moving more people onto the PU. It just left me with a sense that 
I don't know how possible 100 star systems fully fleshed out is going to be, but I do feel like this game's going to be huge. And I'm excited that I think this next, I think this is really, truly going to be a really game changing year. Because even what we're seeing in 321.1 and 322 and, and yeah. beyond, like, it's going to be an, it's going to be interesting to say the least. If they can keep this gameplay stuff up and they can finally get the economy in, then I think, yeah, I think we're a year away from feeling almost like we're in a beta. Yeah, I think the economy is probably the single most important quality of life that you yeah. can create in this game because it's going to change everything because now all of a sudden you're actually starting to use your noodle every night, right? Yeah. Instead of just flying around and, you know, buy, sell cargo kind of thing. Yeah. Or like doing multi-day missions or maybe not even missions, but multi-day things like trying to find something specific. Um, the other thing that the one last thing that I kind of left with, that's going to be interesting. And we could, we could talk, talk about this as, as a sort of separate issue, I guess, even is it's becoming very clear that pyro as a separate system is, is not just going to be a playground for lawlessness, but a playground for control and how they how they manage massive ongoing dynamic changes to the verse because if you look all those stations will have factional ownership and you can take part in those factions as part of your reputation um but they've outlined four or five different factions so far including one that's citizens trying to reclaim pyro and so I think I think long term we will have an ability to dictate how lawless pyro truly is. And that's not within a year, but I think mm-hmm. it'll become that playground for like changing factional rule and how that changes behavior within an environment. You know, I kind of looked at it um especially as we got back, I started thinking of it as like um in Eve Online. Uh-huh. You can go set up for that um kind of war. You can sign up for a war between between the border of two species. Uh-huh. And I can't think what it's called. Uh, but you're basically joining the military for so many days, you know, and you go in there and you fight and some of it's PvE, some of it's PvP. Um and you know, it's it's a way of having a combat like environment with but it's deliberate when you choose it. And I think Pyro was kind of that environment. If you want to go do a lot of PvP or, you know, PvE, that's a great place to go without repercussions. Agreed. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how that transpires. <clears throat> Obviously, with the Pyro playtest, which extended not just from CitizenCon, but also to people who were invited, it's a minimal or limited preview of the system. You only got yes. access to three planets and three stations. Um, so you didn't even have hero, the hero station of, uh, what's it called? Um, why can't I think of it all of a sudden? Not pyro station. No, the, the, the main station in pyro, uh, that Xeno threat controls, uh, 
Rundown? Not Rundown Station. What's it called? Bueller? Anybody? I can't can't think of it. You know what I mean, though. Yeah, the big one. Yeah. Um, regardless, <laughs> we didn't even get access to that. We got some of the smaller stations, which are huge. Yeah. Enormous environments in yeah. and of themselves. And people were actually finding out. Ru- Ruin Station? Ruin, Ruin Station. Thank yeah. you. People were finding accesses, you know, how to access them without going through the normal landing and everything. Mm-hmm. You could go in through extra doors. And yeah, there's an airlock. Airlocks and, you know, which gives me hope for the Legionnaire. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's in production, we know, based on the talking yeah. ship. Yeah, yeah they, I think that's going to be one of the ones released this week would never or this year. Player controlled, but it would be, um, you know, the gangs would be in control of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, thinking about it, that's a military ship. It won't be released this week. No, this year. This uh, year. The next year, it's on the docket to release before the end of 2024. Okay. That could change. They said, you know, that's their intention. Yeah. I mean, Pyro to me is going to be uh, just a war zone. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But, but it's got to get to the point where it's we got to have a reason to get to go there, you know, yeah. again. I think it's going to yeah. be very profitable. Yeah, but it is it is amazing looking. I saw some some uh, streams of it, and I uh, played it for about twenty minutes, and then I got kicked off because they were condensing. But I was like, yeah, forget it. I got yeah. to play it when we got back. Yeah, it was it ran smooth for me. Uh, it was it was good. Well, it's better it's better than it ran smooth for you when we got back because. While we were there, they were running their own servers on site. So, right. you know, but I did hear it's been running pretty smooth. I mean, the, the play test is over, right? Yeah. Yep. I they got it, it twice. Back again, though. Yeah, I Wait. got on it twice for several, probably an hour and a half each time. How do they control from, uh, like, everybody sharing their logins and letting everyone else get on? Two-factor authentication? Yeah, so if you give me a login and just text me the the yeah. second back that I can log on, right? Yeah, yeah, but you can't log on the same time I am. No, no, I get that. Oh. Right, right. Yeah. What for? They're only doing it for like, you know, a couple hours at a time to, for test oh, purposes. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... Yeah. What, what, what is it called? It's like EPTU or something? Or? It was no, actually the uh, Pyro... Play... Uh, demo? Play. Player demo oh, okay. or something called Tech Preview. Yeah, Tech Preview. Okay. So, yeah. that is, pretty is, good. It, is it a full version of Pyro? No, it's only without Ruin Station. It's it's without Ruin Station. It's without three of the other planets. It's without uh, Pyro has twenty some odd yeah. space stations. This only had three. Mm-hmm. Um. And it only had Pyro 1, Pyro 2, and Pyro 3. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you could go around and you could like buy armor, and they had different mm-hmm. types of armor you could use, and you could dock ships and go out. And um, and their stations are as big as our, our landing zones in Stanton now. Like mm-hmm. it is, maybe they're not as expansive looking visually from, you know, it's mm-hmm. not buildings, but the playable area, area within Area 18 is. I would imagine 
almost the same size or smaller than the interior of some of these stations. Yeah. They go on quite extensively. They have, you know, decommissioned zones. They have hangars where there's missions that you're killing, you know, pirates who are rebelling against the faction. All stuff that'll be really interesting reputationally long term. They have the, the uh, what do you call it? The uh, solar flares. Oh, my storms. God. Yeah, yeah. Those, those are funny. Been they happen a lot, too. Yeah. They do. You gotta protect yourself. I didn't know what to do. Uh, Skyguard just said, "Turn off your turn off the power to your ship when it when it's about to happen." Yeah, oh. that's the question I actually asked for this week. But I guess if you're not if you're not hidden indoors in your planet side and it happens, you get radiation poisoning and you need a radiation pen. Yeah, that's what I was. That's kind of. I have some ideas on what I would like to try, but uh, I just thought it would be a good question. It'll be fun but, to test out once it comes out for sure. Yeah. Well, your question that you asked was was apropos because yep. we'll talk about that in a little bit, and that's pyro related from last time. I can't even say last week from many moons ago at this point, or a moon ago, <laughs> a little little less than a month ago. <laughs> um, excellent. Anyone else have anything to talk about CitizenCon before we move forward? No, you know. I'm just... All right. Great time, you know. If you get a chance, it was a to fun it, time. You know, try to try to get a chance to go. That was really fun. Yeah, it was. It was really fun. Rumor, rumor has it it'll be in Manchester next year. That's what they're saying. Yeah, which probably See. fits with the Squadron Forty Two release being targeted for next holiday season. Yeah. Um. So we have, we have a lot we could talk about, but I thought just given given how um, close we are to it we are at the advent of the um iae so the intergalactic aerospace expo starts this friday november 17th we already have a ton of leaks happening right now but the schedule thus far is day one is all of our alien ship manufacturers gatak apoa banu and asperia um, so we should be seeing the Cartuwal, the Knox, the Defender, the Blade, the Glaive, the Prowler, the Talon, and the Talon Shrike, as well as uh, supposedly a straight-to-flyable Gatak ship, and whatever they have in the Hollow Viewers. Day two, uh, this Saturday, November 18th, is Aegis Dynamics. Um, I don't think we're seeing anything new from Aegis, but we'll be seeing the Stalker, Titan, Titan Renegade, uh, Avenger Warlock, the Eclipse, Gladius, the Gladius Valiant, which I didn't even know was a real thing. Um, I guess it's just a livery. The hey, it's hand- got different weapons, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, and loadout. Okay. Oh, it's the Air- Arena Commander one, I guess. Then there's- Masters of Combat. Master's of Flight. Okay. Then we've got the Hammerhead, Reclaimer, Redeemer, Retaliator, Bomber, the Saber, Saber Comet, Vanguard, Harbinger, the Vanguard Hoplite, the Vanguard Sentinel, and the Vanguard Warden. Day three is Crusader Industries and Tumbrel Land Systems. We'll be seeing the A1 Spirit, the C1 Spirit, the Ares Inferno, the Ares Ion, the A2 Hercules, the C2 Hercules, the M2 Hercules, 
the Mercury Star Runner, the Tumbral Storm, the Cyclone, the Cyclone AA, the MT, the RC, the RN, the TR, and the Tumbral Nova Tank. And a Renegade. The Tonk. The Renegade also, right? I think in a hollow viewer. I know they're oh, working yeah, on the that, Renegade. Not yet, not yet. It's been we, in the, we, might, uh, we might see something new from uh, from something in that category, though. Well, people were already playing that. The Renegade? You're talking about the Storm. The Storm, yeah, the Storm. I'm oh, sorry. yeah. And then there's there's rumor that there'll be a Storm variant, either an AA or some kind of other version. Modularity or something. Yeah. Hmm. So that'll be interesting to see. Uh, day four, Origin. Uh, we'll be seeing the 85X, 100I, 125A, 135C, 300I, 315P, 325A, 350R, the 400, the 600I Touring and Expedition, the 890 Jump, and the Origin M50. I don't know why I have to say Origin M50. Yeah, Probably because yeah. it breaks the naming convention of everything else. Um, day five is all Drake. So we've got the Drake Buccaneer, the Caterpillar, the Corsair, the Cuddy Black, Cuddy Blue, Cuddy Red, Cuddy Steel, the Cutter, the Cutter Scout, supposedly another one, uh, the Dragonfly Black, the Drake Herald, the Mule, and the Vulture. Yes? I was going to say, you were as you talked, uh, talked about that, just popped in my head. You know, we didn't hear anything about armor. Uh, ship armor in the, mm. in the uh, Citizen Con. Yeah, but no, I ahead. think I, I feel like that's going to be further out. I think Maelstrom is kind of part of the damage system, <laughs> so it might be a little bit of like a precursor to armor. Gotcha. And armor is still going to be hit points. It's just going to be like damage will be reflective of where it was hit versus anything else. Yeah. When you said steel, I was thinking when you said cut the steel, <laughs> steel that's plating. what triggered it. That's what that's what triggered it. Yeah. <laughs> So sorry about that. No worries. Day six is a bunch of manufacturers, all the smaller ones. So we've got Argo, Consolidated Outland, Grey Cat, and the Kruger. uh, And Kruger, not the Kruger. And we'll be seeing the SRV. That's uh, straight straight to flyable there. Which one? The SRV. Yep. Yeah, it's in, I mean, it's in PTU now. Looks really fun. Along with the C1. Yep. The uh, SRV, the Mole, the MPUV Cargo, MPUV Personnel, the Raft, the Consolidated Outland Hover Quad, the Mustang Alpha, Mustang Beta, Mustang Gamma, Mustang Delta, the Nomad, the Grey Cat ROC, the Rock DS, the Grey Cat STV, the PTV, the P-52 Merlin, and the P-72 Archimedes. Wow, the Rock. What a dead game player. I don't think it's dead. I think it's changing. Yeah, hopefully they should do something. I I think right now with the uh, I was going to try this. I haven't been able to try it, but you know you can you can go down and find ore, and some of it you can just scoop right up. Mm. Right. I'm wondering if you can't just scoop up, you know, a, a large rock of terranite or yeah, terranite like mineable. Yeah, well, the hand mineable or a vehicle. Right? Yeah, they really it's need to make more of a like a cave kind of a mining. Yeah, game loop, yep. and that's what they're missing. I think yeah. that that's definitely one to make the rock and other. Because let's face it, hopefully the, the rock's not the only choice for a ground mining vehicle, but 
that does feel like long term out. It's kind of funny that they introduced the rock when they did. I think it was probably something, you know, their plans probably are years out in terms of what ships they'll build. It sort of gets slotted in like, oh, we could do this and the gameplay feature team can throw in these medium sized rocks that we can destroy with it. Um, so maybe that's how they did it. Uh, day seven is Anvil. So it'll be the Arrow, the Ballista, the C8R Pisces, the C8X Pisces, my baby, the Carrick, the, the Centurion, the F7C Hornet, the F7C Hornet Wildfire, F7CM Super Hornet, F7CR Hornet Tracker, F7CS Hornet Ghost, the Gladiator, the Hawk, the Hurricane, the Anvil Spartan, the Terrapin, and the Valkyrie. There is a rumor about a potential um, Mark II of the Hornet, um, but we don't know if that's going to be for this or if they're going to do some kind of ticket drop like at like at Illuminalia or something like that. Right. Um, day eight is Misk MRI. We've got the Fury, the Fury LX, the Fury MX, the Freelancer, Freelancer Dur, Max, Miss, Hale, Hulsey, Prospector, Razor, Razor EX and LX, Reliant Core, Core, rather, Mako, Sen, Tana, the Starfarer, and the Starfarer Gemini. Um, rumor has it, we don't know if it's going to appear for this, that there's a Mirai, uh, what was it, a, um, a heavy fighter that kind of looks like a big fury? Yeah. Not sure if that's the Mirai... If, if it's going to be a Mirai fighter or if that is the alien ship in its folded up position. Yeah, that's right. They're unsure if it's folded up version of the Gatak Sulin. Right. Yeah, it looks like they were teasing something, though. Yeah. Whatever it is, it seems cool. And then day nine, the final day, well, before Best in Show, that is, is uh, Robert Space Industries. So we've got the Aurora... Wow, I can't speak. Aurora CL, the ES, the LN, the LX, the MR, Connie Andromeda, Aquila, Phoenix, and Taurus, the Lynx, the Mantis, the Scorpius, the Antares, Scorpius Antares, that is, and the Ursa. And then the rumored, um, what was the name of it? Large ship for mining. Tyrannus? No, No, it's it's um, called the. um... I got it. The sorry, I didn't put it in my notes like an idiot. The new big one. The know what you're talking about? Arastra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I guess an arastor is some sort of thing to break down minerals. So, uh, and yeah. supposedly it's you know a large scale like you know. Bigger than a close to close in size to like a Carrick or a little larger mining with refining, supposedly. And then we have Best in Show. So we get to see the winners um, the Corsair, the Vulture, the Redeemer, and the 600i um, with their fancy, fancy, fancy purple. Blue and pinkish paint. No, it's purple and blue, really. Purple and blue paint. Yeah, purple and looks teal. good. Yeah, it looks great. I, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised. Style. 
It's pretty yeah, nice. Yeah, it looks kind of like the alien <laughs> ships in a way. A little bit. I suspect we'll get it in, you know, an IE shirt also. Oh, yeah, of course. And a jacket and leather jacket. Oh, and then they do have the finale, which is just where <clears> you get the flutters. I oh. definitely saw a radiation suit that was in one of the uh, demo, er- you know, in one of the uh, 3.21.1 PTU mm. uh, versions. So they have like a radiation suit. It's kind of like a reflective silver. Mm-hmm. Reminded me a little bit of a, a, a Venture helmet, maybe on an orc style armor. Yeah. Um, I that, saw which one you're referencing for sure. Yeah, I think that'll be cool. Um and then there was some armor on Pyro that you could get. <clears throat> we might see there. Well, never mind the fact that they have that. Uh, what was that one clan of pirates that the sand people kind of looking dudes? I wonder if we'll see any of their armor there. You're talking about the. Um, oh, goodness. I had them in my head. Not R&R. They're not the, the R&R. Dusters. Dusters, yeah. Duster armor. I wonder if we'll see any of that. Probably not some of the newer ones. I, I'm the one we did see is the pyrotech amalgamated kind of weird looking one that we all mm-hmm. have in our. Uh, well, the people who went and or the people who bought the digital goodies pack have. Keep yep. in keep in mind if you're looking for the best in show paints, you won't be able to purchase those outright. You'll either have to own the ship, yeah, which yeah. which you'll need to get it uh, before they release them on the at the end of uh, the the show. Or uh, a CCU that you can eventually CCU up to one. I think I have them all. I think you can buy. I think if you can buy a best in show version of the ship, though. Yeah, you can. Yeah, 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 you can. But you won't be able to get the uh, LTI, which you can get with the CCU sometimes. Correct. Do you think we'll see any of the uh, ground combat stuff? Like they had the the portable shields. I think we saw some of those in the battle, uh, the demos. I don't. I don't foresee that being an IAE thing. I was just wondering because I mean they they do sell the armor, which I think is mm. cool. Here's here's what I'm curious about. What we haven't seen is, do we think we're going to see Jax this year? Yeah, I think we'll see Jax. But it's weird. Normally they promote it with him like the week of maybe, and where we last left off with him was he just got hit by a. A solar flare and got knocked out of quantum. So he seemed like he was in trouble. Maybe they're going to uh, hold off and try to maybe save him for ILW. Maybe. If they could get Pyro out by May, you know, push it out with a. Maybe. You know, as I hope. Or maybe they'll have a, a distress beacon to find Jax McCleary. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. They'll get you to Pyro somehow. <laughs> Um, I hope we see him. Maybe, maybe we will. Maybe we won't. Um, I feel, I feel like we will, but it's just suspicious that we haven't heard anything yet. Yeah, those cinematics are awesome. Yeah, I kind of liked them best when they were still. I don't know his existential crisis. The last time was weirding me out a little bit, and then this, I kind of preferred it when it was like the show floor, but maybe it's because it was just immersing me in it more. Yeah. I hope one day we just see him on the show floor during the day. Yeah. Um, I guess anything, anything that we haven't covered about IAE that, you know, you want to throw in Dros. 
nothing really, you know. I mean, CCUs are a whole different thing, but but uh, no, he's going to be exciting. Uh, a lot of new stuff. Um, lose your wallet, basically. Mm-hmm. You know, hide it, hide it somewhere. Is there any ship of- that that's either? not announced or like that we're suspecting anything excite you um yes rv's exciting you know that one's coming out uh c1 will be cool but um you know i don't know that i'm wondering if there is any any be any uh ones that they're gonna break out that we don't know if i know there's the good talk that we're talking about but that's mm-hmm. not gonna be the uh the railing that one's yeah. not coming but they're talking about a different one so yeah, we'll I think it's a two-person ship, supposedly. Yeah. So, like, an early career. Possibly. Anything on the uh, uh, the other alien ship they've been working on? Um, the Banu? No, no. no. Uh, Cartual. Um, Santakiai. Oh, the Santakiai. I haven't heard anything about that. I mean, it's close to release. I think Santakiai is on the 322 roadmap. Yeah, Possibly. I would hope we can at least see it in the display. I, mean, it, I bet you will be able to see it, just like we saw the vulture. Maybe that yeah. goes straight to viable. Maybe that's that's the one that they trick us on. Because I mean, they got the technology with the uh, furies. Yeah, technology the other one is, is um, mm-hmm. the whole B, right? Yeah, whole B. You would think you'd be able to do that. One would think that would be a pretty quick one, but. And we got know. we got the uh, X X ones uh, slated to follow up at some point in time shortly after. Yeah, so very soon. I think that's three twenty two uh, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And um, let's see. there was what was it? Don't forget if you're going to get uh, any of the following ships, there was a price increase coming up. That's going to come at twenty nine fifty three. The F seven M Super Hornet's going to go up five bucks. The Taurus is going mm-hmm. to go up ten bucks. The uh, Constellation Aquila is going to go up five dollars. The Redeemer is going to go up five dollars. The Hull D uh, is going to go up a hundred bucks because that Hull C was had a huge jump on its release mm-hmm. when it went viable. And then the Orion is set to get a seventy five dollar increase as well. Yep. yep. So if there's something that you want, as you can see by these price increases here, get a CCU to lock in the end price and hold on to it. So that way, if you want to build a ship, you can always lock it in before it goes up. Right. In case you guys don't know, Droz is the shipbuilder extraordinaire. Which is why he's many, many layers of uh, concierge at this point. Yes. Besides owning your own ships. <laughs> Just I just follow Sea Guards uh, <laughs> behind Sea Guard, you know. No, you're ahead of me. You got more yeah. than I do. Yeah, close, close. You got way more than I did. Um, check you off. Do. What about? Oh, god. I was gonna say he's gonna make the next level. We got us before I do. I would imagine so. I, I think it'll um, net mage, then Rose, and then me. Sure. <laughs> I don't think I'll ever make it that far. Luckily, I pulled. Yeah, I pulled one hundred and sixty dollars in. Uh, I sold some paints and junk like that that I didn't need, and uh, and I've got one hundred and sixty sitting aside. Nice. Yeah. Um, 
That's a C1 right there. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, I think that's the paint. With the Zeus before it's gone. It's got like a thousand paints. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know Seaguard buys everything. All All the suits, all the paints. Yeah, I buy less of the paints now, but I do try to get all the suits and, the, and kind of the weapons. <laughs> yeah. um, Chekhov, what about you? Any Anything exciting about the IAE that you want to talk about? No, not really. <laughs> anything you're hoping no. to see? Um, the, the new alien ship, that's about it. Yeah. And, and for those who don't know, ISC this week will be, this week and next week, will be IAE-themed, a.k.a. ship-themed. So I'm sure they'll announce, I, I feel like the, the Gatak ship will be announced on Thursday. Right. At the, you know. Is that, is that a, uh, I was reading about it, but I didn't read that exactly. Is that one going to be expected to be a straight flyable one? Or yeah. One? Okay. Yeah, they have, one? yeah it's, they okay. have the, uh. They probably wanted to do that first to get the design language out for the Raylan. Yeah, I'm surprised they're they're putting that out before the uh, Santakai, though. I think it was just based on the, how complex it is. It sounds like the Santakai yeah, is really complex in terms of the folding. Well, just the the movement of the arms. Yeah. It's supposed to seem somewhat unnatural, supposedly, but I don't know. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you know, this time I may actually, uh, I got that um, Zeus ER, mm. and I have a bunch of exploration ships already. So I, if anything big comes out that's a surprise, I may actually, I may upgrade my Carrick. I kind of have some duplication in the area. I'm just going to pretend like I didn't hear it. Well, I mean, you have it. You have it. There. <laughs> I don't know if they're coming out with anything. Right. Yeah. I don't know so if they're coming I, with anything that big, but I know that, that the um, that mining ship, my guess, is probably going to put us in the, the 500 plus range, probably. Yeah. Right. I don't think it'll be as expensive as the Carrick, though. No, I I, I bet. I don't feel like. I feel like it's going to be like four change, maybe five, maybe five. Yeah, I think I want to buy a Carrick in game before. It's pretty. It's pretty good size. I mean, your your uh, Orion or not your Orion, but your mole is what three fifteen, I believe it is. Mm. And and you look at it, and it's it's a beefy two plus of those. You know, yeah. it's like a third, it's like plus it has the refinery built in. Yeah, so like one third of an Orion. Mm. You know what ships we haven't heard anything about is the uh, supply ship, um, the military supply ship. What is that? The um, uh, Vulcan. Yeah, Vulcan. Vulcan. Um, I can see a purpose for the Vulcan now. Um, that would be an interesting the repair, refuel, rearm. Yeah, I think that would be a very interesting thing to see now. Um, another one that might. A be good was what's the refinery ship they were they expanse. put out the expanse yeah that's going to be in the hollow viewer they had a few hollow viewers that mm. they were showing because yeah. those are not real big ships mm. the expanse is one player isn't it yeah these are smaller ships I don't think it's much bigger than a mole mm. should be should be interesting I, I don't I think I think most of our expectations are already spoiled. Thanks, spoilers, but yeah. Yeah. Discord. Yeah. You, know, about, you know, 
Okay. Something that I would hope to see within the next year. I mean, obviously not IE, but, but would be the uh, the Apollos. Those would be yeah. good to see. You know? Well, they are actively working yeah. on them. Yeah. yeah. I was, you know, I, I know the, uh, you know, I was kind of a little confused by the design language of the RSI. RSI, you know, the Zeus is much more like a, um, like a Carrick, right? Um, and even a Carrick is kind of like an RSI ship. It has that big glass nose. Mm. So I'm, I'm kind of, it's kind of throwing me a little bit to see the Zeus in this totally new style that it's definitely going to compete with like the Aquila and the Andromeda. Um, they're not quite on the same level, but they're definitely competitors to them. Um, what is that? And they're a totally different design style, right? I mean, totally different. Mm. Um, so that I feel like RSI kind of has a split personality right now, the old generation and the new generation. Well, I think I think if you look at it, they're trying to establish that something like the constellation is hundreds of years old in terms of its design, whereas the Zeus Mark II is brand new in yeah. in game lore. That's a good point, right? Right. The Carrick is very old in terms of its design. Um. But the difference, if you're looking at the glass nose, that's one thing. But what you have to look at is also interior design language and shape. So Anvil, the easiest way to spot an Anvil ship is that octagonal interior motif that you see all the time. There's always an octagonal motif. You see it in the Carrick and some of the hallways. You see it in some of the doors. Aegis, for instance, you always see those padded walls in larger ships. Right. Very um, basic. Um, with RSI, I feel like the Kanye was made before they really realized what RSI was going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And some of the newer ships, you even see it with like the Polaris concept that we saw. There's a lot more thought going into the design language now. Mm-hmm. I, that's why I wouldn't be shocked. If they reworked the Connie's, not necessarily substantially, but the, I think the crew areas of the Connie and the cockpit and just some of the dressing needs to be reworked to make it look real or not real, but consistent. Right. Because even now, like, yeah, the Connie's an old ship, but they're supposed to be like car dealers. You get a new one every year, you know, a new release. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, and even, you know, I I agree with that. That does help a little bit. The other thing that kind of throws me with the Zeus is that, you know, where does it fit with the um, Crusader C1? They're roughly the same size, but cargo-wise, the C1, it carries so much. It does. It carries less than the Zeus. Yeah, it's a fraction. Very well, little. The Zeus I mean, is a three-person ship, right? So... Well, the, Z- the Zeus Clipper carries what, 120, 100 and I mean, it's it's more. Oh, it's, yeah, it's almost as much as a Mercury Star Runner. Like I think it's one hundred and ten, twenty-eight or something. Or I forgot. What yeah, it it's also bigger in size than a. It's bigger in size than a Spirit. A Spirit's a lot smaller. It has well, a wide wing. Very, I thought they were very close in length. I haven't really looked at the spirits up close, so maybe that's that'll help. The spirit, the spirits got a long, like a a, a long wingspan or a mm-hmm. wide wingspan. 
Yeah. But nose to back, it's not that big. It's like a freelancer. Uh, see, I think it looks much bigger than that. Whereas a Zeus is between a freelancer and a Connie. Okay. Okay, that helps too. To me, yeah, I was like, thinking they were much more the same size, and I was like, I can't, I couldn't mentally wrestle that, unless we're talking about Doctor Who and the TARDIS. I mean, so Zeus is directly competing with um, the Freelancer, like that kind of size okay. ship, I think. I think. Gotcha. Not sure. And the C1 is competing with the Drake. Uh, yeah, Cutlass, the Cuddy. Drake Black. Yeah. Cutlass Black, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, any two-person ships. It, they do definitely overlap. Like, I mean, you look at something like, um, you know, what's the difference between a 400i and a 600i? One crew. Right. You know, I, I just wonder where we're going to be with all these quote-unquote reworks, you know, like the, or, you know, the gold standards, mm. you know, that they tell you that they're going to give you for a, uh, the old trusty freelancer, you know, or something like that line, or even the Constellation with with all these new ships, you know, how, how what do they really expect to give you out of those? Well, the freelancer is an interesting ship to me because I don't understand how you could justify needing four crew for a ship that small. Yeah, right. for sure. I look at them passengers. Three pa- two, maybe three passengers. That's how I looked at it. Sure, but, but that's not I don't think that's the way they originally conceived it because I would see passengers as not being people within the cockpit. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think the freelancer is a little misplaced in terms of its its sizing. I I also think the Connie is kind of um, small for the crew size, but I think you could justify that with with things like the Andromeda because you can have a pilot, an engineer, and yep. two gunners, um, and a uh, snub fighter. Yeah. Well, yeah, then the- you're already, that's already one crew over. Yeah. So right. so I guess you could do a a pilot two gunners and a snub, or they could stay as an engineer. So at least there, there's a decision point. Right. Um, but with the, with, you know, the freelancer, it's sort of like, uh, there's doesn't seem to be enough work on this ship. Um, yeah, it's interesting. And then you look at something like, you know, the, the 600i, they have four crew, right? Is it four? Yeah. There's three stations, but you have the four bunks down at the bottom of the ship and the captains. Oh, so five crew, really? Yeah. Five crew, and there's not enough seats for five crew unless you're on the Explorer version. Someone's working on the bar. Well, you got the two in the science, the mapping area, right? Yeah, but that's only the Explorer. The The touring, you don't have that. Correct. You'd have the bartenders, I think, right? Yeah. Well, I the, mean, obviously, they're doctor. working that anyway, so it doesn't really yeah. matter. Yeah, but it is interesting, though. It is interesting. Um, I personally don't think we're going to see much else come out of, you know, besides what we already spoke about. I, I hope we see Jax McCleary. should be fun. Um, but, yeah, that is IAE. I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing what happens there. Uh, next up, 
normally we'd have tips and tricks, but we don't have any submitted from the prior uh, weeks. Uh, Drowse, do you have any tips or tricks you want to share with the group? Uh, just remember when you're uh, doing the cargo, if you're trying to get to the C2s, that you need to do a small ship and then a medium-sized ship to be able to reach the C2s. Mm. So you got to work up the rep a little bit, basically. It's good to know. Um, what about you, Seaguard? Yeah, I, I haven't tried it yet, but I watched someone do it the other day. It's a, a good way of landing. Um, basically, you point your ship at your this point, the point you're going to land at, you know, 10 miles away or whatever it is. But basically, point it at the landing pad, and then you turn off your um, uh, your steering mode. You make it uh, what do you call it? Uh, six degrees of feet freedom. Um, decouple. Uh, decouple. You decouple, and your ship will continue in that direction right down to the landing pad. And all you do is level the ship because you can spin it without changing its direction now. And you level the ship, and you brake as you're coming in, and it'll settle down on the ramp. Hmm. I wonder if I do that with a mole, what's going to happen? The guy was doing it with a bunch of ships. He was, you know, he's not coming in there at six thousand miles an hour. He's coming in at two, three hundred miles an hour, and he's braking as he gets closer and closer and closer. And then, hmm. you know, he's down to. 20 or 30 as he comes over the threshold of the landing pad, but the ship just keeps descending on that line and it's, it's parallel to the ground. It's just kind of coming in on this glide path. It was pretty cool. Yeah. I never got used to decouple. It just feels weird for me all the time. Yeah. And his big sell on it was that, and I guess a lot of people do this. I didn't know, it, but it basically, if you don't touch, touch your, your engines, Oh, your stick, the ship just continues to go in that direction. You have to use your thrusters mm. to slide it left or slide it right or make it go up or make it go down. So uh, so you just put it on the angle and uh, level the ship and put down your gear and you're good to go. It's kind of unique how that uh, decoupled mode works. Yeah. I'm going to try it. I want to try it especially for drop ships. Alrighty. Um, what about you, Chekhov? Any tips or tricks? Well, since we've been doing so much mining lately, this this is a, I guess, kind of a tip uh, is to figure out what size rock can you break with any given laser. So it's a fairly simple formula. You uh, uh, add up all the power of the laser. So it's the base power of the laser plus all the modules that are on it, uh, passive or active. So you get that number. Let's say that adds up 10,000. You divide it by 0.2, and then you multiply it by the uh, uh, inverse of the resistance. So let's say the resistance is 30% of the rock, so you multiply it by 0.7. And that's going to give you the size of the rock that you're able to crack with uh, that that's pretty particular slick. loadout. Yep. That's a very good one. I did not know that. Um, I have no tips or tricks uh, this week. 
Um, and then that brings us to For Science. I'm really going to get a new tune. Why is that? I don't know. We've been I using like... the same for like a couple of years. So? Well, you go write something. <laughs> I'll go to TikTok and find something. Oh, no. Please don't. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with TikTok. I doom scroll it constantly, uh, especially lately. For some reason, for those who don't know, I did hit the big 4 0. <laughs> Oh, congrats. Weeks ago. Uh, it was not great. Uh, no, I mean, it was good, but um, for some reason, it's like my body determined, oh, now's the time to start feeling your age even worse. So I'm finding myself like waking up multiple times in the middle of the night, not being able to fall back asleep. Mm. Um, and that's when I doom scroll TikTok and regret it. <laughs> well, the only reason I have TikTok is that's my dog's page. Oh, she okay. has her own TikTok. Page. Your dog has a TikTok. Yeah, so I have to keep it up for her. She gets upset if I don't post. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Didn't didn't know you had that psychic link. Oh with, yeah, with my Pooch. my other dog that passed away. Oh. He had over a thousand followers on Instagram. So. Oh wow. I mean, we're at almost, we're a little over a thousand subscribers on, on uh, Spotify. So oh, there you go. And, and he didn't even speak. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently what you're telling me is we need a co-host that is a, a yes. dog. <laughs> oh yeah. If you get any, anything four-legged, you're going to, we're going to double our uh, subscriber rate. <laughs> we probably will double our subscriber rate if I keep my stuff together and show up every week. That's true. Or, or if you start talking about your dating scene, no. Nah. Right? <laughs> Listen, Seaguard got a little taste of it in LA. Oh. Let oh. me tell you, it's <laughs> it's not for this audience. <laughs> okay. I don't know. I gave, I gave him a little scratch on the surface. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> um. So. <laughs> Uh, anybody have anything for science? Because I don't, and no one submitted anything. Drows, anything for science? Science, science, science. Um, um, not really, man. I don't, unfortunately. No worries. See, tips and tricks. We really have to define the difference between science and tips and tricks. Well, check off. I always get confused. I, I always go back to you're the one who who suggested we should have a tips and tricks section. And I said, isn't that the same as for science? You said, yeah, no, it's definitely a different thing. Definitely true. different thing. Well, now I was we like, got to remember how it's different. Uh, well, it's not. You, you know, it's really not. <laughs> well, you, you know, I was hoping, but by now we could talk about the dynamic economy, you know. Or uh, actual science gameplay in game. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's right. what we were hoping. At the very about. least, you know, like mapping pyro. <laughs> Oh, uh, yeah. let's go back. I mean, we are running down the thing here. And this doesn't really have to do with uh, science, but one thing that I didn't bring up and I hear much of us bring up was the navigation on the map mm. where we'll be able to add pings and do yeah. stuff like that. That's gonna oh, be really, yeah. That's going to be really, really cool. Yeah. I didn't want to leave that out. 
Yeah. I mean, that truthfully, though, that is sort of the start to science or not science, but um, exploration. Yeah. Because if you can mark a phenomena on a map, then the only thing that changes it being exploration. Well, I mean, it's still exploration, but it's then if you could sell that data. To yeah, someone, right? That's cool. That or, that includes data running and exploration gameplay all in one. Yeah. They also said they had the ability to do short range quantum jumps without a destination, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one of the options. Yeah, that yeah, cool. that's a big deal. It was so oh, much really stuff. Big deal. You know, they gave us so much. I know it. It was the best. It was the most informative one that felt grounded. Yeah. Right. No sandworms. Granted, we did see space cows and, and whales. And whales. But you, know, always... you know what they did show, too? Um, I know they showed the base building like more towards the end. I know mm. we're off topic here. But earlier in the uh, presentation, they had showed like the base building where people had farms and different stuff yeah. like that. Remember? Yep. Yeah. Uh, by the way, if anybody wanted to join my server, I have turkey sandwiches and ice cream. Um, okay. <laughs> and this isn't in. This is in game. You have turkey sandwiches. Yes. Oh, from uh, what's it called? Yeah, Twin, I, twins. I know new Babbage. I'd have a new. I went crazy. I bought like twelve ice cream cones. <laughs> <laughs> Well, given our lack of for science things, I also forgot to mention they did in recent weeks post, and we're going to get another update tomorrow on the roadmap. Um, so we've got 321, you know, in in live, 321.1 coming out, which includes vehicle tractor beams. Um, be exciting. It'll, it includes, what's that? That'll be exciting. Yeah, uh, very exciting. The ship trespass issues. Um, we got the C1 and the SRV, as well as the temporal storm. Um, so a lot of stuff there. And then really cool thing is the uh, the vehicle headlight refactoring. Yeah, we're finally going to be able to see. Yep, supposedly. I didn't. I didn't. I haven't yeah. seen that in action. But then see. there's also. They'll be testing the replication layer on the tech preview channel, or one of those many new channels that we have. But um, they also posted some of the early start of 322, which is the end of year patch. Um, and some of the things that they added uh, update to characters. That's the new player hair tech is going to be in with some of the hairstyles they showed off. Um, salvage will have structural salvage, which is AKA munching. Hmm. Um, are they gonna fix Alt K? What's Alt Finally. K? What's Alt K? Uh, Alt K is when you uh, can remove your components. It it's just bugged. You can't oh. see oh, locked, that huh? you're removing it. I don't think that has. You know, I think that's they gotta fix the bug. Uh, and then they're also they're working have... on uh, Siege of Warson. Yep. Yep. Uh, then they're also going to have uh, cargo containers that allow you to uh, store inventory in them. So you can have a cargo container in your ship that holds inventory. 
the Santaki I, the Origin X1, X1 Velocity, and X1 Force. So that's what they have announced so far. But that's not that's not all for three two one one. No, those so yeah. everything Top from X. hair salvage cargo containers, all those are three dot twenty two. Oh, okay. the Q four patch. So I, I feel like replication layer is actually going to end up slipping into that unless unless they're using it for three twenty one because that's the branch. I don't know. Um, but yeah, should be interesting. And that brings us to. Seaguard's question. Oh, that's a very catchy tune. You say it every time, Chekhov. Every time. Wow, <laughs> like, it's like you wrote it. You know it. what? It's nostalgic. It reminds me of home. He's like, <laughs> he's like, this song is new to me because it's only third episode I've been on in year half. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, so the last time, the middle of October, you had asked, um, given a group of 20 players, what group of ships and vehicles would you take on your voyage to the pyro system? Um, at which Skyguard said a Corsair, a Carrick, a couple of Carters, maybe a C2 as well. Um, of course, a Corsair was in that equation for Skyguard. <laughs> um, Drows, you you said yourself a C two, a Starfarer, a few arrows, a Carrick, a couple of C eight R's, and a Vulture and a Reclaimer. Yeah, I forgot the ground vehicles, but uh, you know, that's also a lot of heavy duty ships in terms of player count. But I'm guessing some of those are going to be aboard other ships. Yeah, you said twenty, right? So that's about right. Yeah, yeah Carrick six, Reclaimers. Five, or four. yeah, but you can always move it around, rotate yeah, it around. True, yeah, true. You only need people to fly and, and yeah. protection. I'll just, I'll just steal the ground vehicles from somebody. There you go. Genly uh, annoyed said, "Depends on if we're limited to flyable ships. If not, the Polaris, a Liberator, the Vulture, an F eight Lightning, Vanguard Hoplite, and Arrow." This assumes full crewing based on the RSI website crew sizes. That would leave extra manpower that could be pulled from the Polaris away from team style and pro team style, team style, whatever, and provide a well-rounded task group that can flex to many different tasks, plus allow for transport of individuals or cargo once in system. As Gateman said, 20 MPUVs loaded with bootlegged quantum drives duct taped to the back. <laughs> Canuck2099 said, currently assuming that fighters have enough quantum range to get anywhere in Pyro. I wouldn't assume that, Canuck, but sure. I would go with Carrick with Pisces, two Hurricanes, four Gladius, Gladii, I guess I would call it, uh, one Redeemer, and one Freelancer. The Carrick and Freelancer would have a variety of ground vehicles, most, most likely a few rocks, since it's the only productive vehicle at the moment, then a mule for moving cargo, and the rest are hover vehicles for support, scouting, and bunker approaches. Everyone would have something to do that way. Trader Jeff, um, oh, I forgot what name he was before, but it really confused me that he switched his name. 
uh, I think it was Hottie, Hottie J. <laughs> uh, now it's Trader Jeff. He went more modest, I guess. Uh, said, given the unknowns, distances, and danger, my thoughts are refueler, heavy fighters, hospital, and cargo hauler. This would give maximum self-sufficiency to reduce dependence on getting service at pirate-run stations. It's likely not hard to refuel and even sell there, but who knows? So I'll say Starfarer with four crew, a whole uh, C2. Um, He said, but a whole C might be more fun and adventurous, but that'll have two crew. A Carrick for Medbed as fleet flagship with six crew. That's a squad of 12, so maybe two more in solo fighters and three heavy fighters with teams of two. It'd be fun to see such a fleet come through a jump point. A small marauder group would look elsewhere, and a medium one might hesitate too. I guess the whole sea might prove to be too tempting to target. Either way, everyone would have to have an escape route uh, or jump point in mind in case Pyro is as dangerous as they've made it out to seem. He also said, I like the Corsair idea. Thinking about it more, there will uh, be a need to make some money to pay for a fleet like this. Dangerous ships with storage needed. Uh, Skyguard followed up with, the Corsair and other exploration ships are purpose-built for well exploring. The question is, how well will they do it? Um, Toki, who I think is new, so thank you, Toki. Uh, said, hypothetically, or what's currently in-game. Only reason I ask is because the Starfarer doesn't currently refuel. Yes, it does. Um, But if it did, it has a nice cargo area for vehicles or cargo. Good defensive turrets and can hold a good amount of players. None of them can beg log uh, in the game's current state, though, and neither can the owner if anyone is on board. Carrick is my next go-to since you can put a couple other ships in it, but the cargo area is almost inaccessible to add new cargo from salvaging slash foraging. I know everyone hates the 890, but it can bring vehicles and aircraft as well. It's just a buggy mess, and by the time you get there, people may be falling through the elevators. Really just depends on the state of the game when we can go to Pyro. I'm more curious as to which ships can even make the jump. Aside from the obvious, this will define a lot more. Uh, Bums me out that the Cutter has more range than the Carrick. That destroys my immersion, and I do find it annoying. The little ship can probably fit inside one of the Carrick's fuel tanks. That being said, Starlifters, M2 and C2, ground vehicles, and personnel transport inside. Uh, Carrick for med bay and other supplies, and a couple of small ships to boot. Crew the turrets for defense on those three ships and not split up the crew on smaller ships. As far as survivability, I wouldn't be there with that group for a war, so it would be strictly defense and run tactics. Um, You can always dump transport for cargo. If you find big money, you just can't leave behind. Sounds like he wants a uh, fuel uh, adjustment on the ships. Sounds like (laughs) it. (laughs) I mean, the character motors has really good fuel capacity. Yeah, yeah, you can change the motors on everything, right? I mean, the, the drives. Um, Zeem said, I'd love to go into Pyro with the full Drake fleet. Corsairs, Buccaneers, Cutlasses, and Vultures. Tearing up anyone we come across and salvaging their ships for loot. It feels thematically fitting. 
and very doable in the current game. Uh, Trader Jeff said, just had this thought too. Drake all the way seems extremely appropriate for a pirate system. Maybe bring a Carrick still for spawning until enough faction cred can be built to uh, be able to spawn on a station. Gothic said, a Cuddy Red and a Valkyrie full of UEE Marines eat lead pirate scum. Mach 3 Generic said, two or three Liberators in a cohort of random small ships with the intent of a synergistic effect with a galaxy. But since none of these are in, Carrick, Valkyrie, and an MSR, or Corsair, depending on how asymmetrical one prefers their ship. <laughs> I mean, those are both pretty asymmetrical. Um, so that those were the responses. Anyone have anything to add? Travis, I mean, uh, you know, overlooking over it, thinking about it, you know, probably a galaxy. Yeah. With its modularity would be actually a really good one. Yep. I would say like so. that. I, don't, I didn't see that very much, but that would be yeah, a really no one, good one. One said a galaxy, but they didn't say which one even, I think. Yeah. What about what about you, Chekhov? What fleet would you bring? Um I would I would probably stick to the Drakes too, though they are my favorites. But the I was just thinking the yeah, the bed. The spawn bed. Hmm. Yeah, that's the only thing is that really the lack of cargo space and the spawn bed. Because mm. I, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of looting opportunities. Mm. I agree. Probably quite so, a few. But would add a Carrick to that. Okay. Um, Seaguard, what about you? What would yeah, you, you know, kind of looking at it, you know, there's... So for me, Carrick, for one, medical play, plus you get a ground vehicle and you get a uh, hangar for Pisces, um, you know, to run out and pick people up and bring it back, whatever you got to do to help the wounded or just to move cargo around. Um, the next one would be probably something like the Aquila, because it comes with a snub, mm-hmm. um, four extra people, and it's got some sensors. And if you lose the Carrick, or you, it's kind of the redundancy thing, right? It's mm-hmm. not as good as a Carrick, but it's still an exploration of its own. It has a snub and some cargo space. Um, and then at Starfare for the refueling. Uh, so we're talking, what, uh, five, five, nine, and then another four. So we're talking 13. And then the rest would probably be four wardens. Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe not the warden, but you know, one of each of the Vanguard series. So you'd have the ability to drop with a ground squad. You'd have the ability to bomb or torpedo somebody. <clears throat> you'd have the ability to, um, you know, take someone out with electronic warfare. Uh, and you'd have, you know, all all four of them have good fighting abilities of their own. So that would be something along those lines, I think. Okay. If I had any more people. I don't know if that's, I think that's roughly 20, but uh, it would maybe put in one of the, um, um, not the Retaliator, the, um, what's the uh, gunship? Um, The Redeemer. Redeemer. Okay. I would probably go, I would stick to the larger side on on ships, except for maybe, I would do a Carrick. 
and a Corsair because I feel like that combo would be a good enough group of people that could do mm-hmm. kind of anything based on what is needed in the game, but also those two ships together might be somewhat dangerous for a small team of people to combat with. Right. I'd also do a um, Starfarer and then maybe a Vulture and a Mole. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. For like industrial gameplay in, in system. Maybe, or, and or if we discovered that it was more worthwhile to just bring, um, and I didn't mean mall, I meant, pro, I meant a couple of vultures and a couple of prospectors. So like, yeah. you know, mining way, and, yeah. yeah. But if, if we felt like we were going to do like a whole mining op, then the Carrick and the Corsair and some of the gunners on the Starfarer could be kind of protection for those industrial players. And then you could store a ton of stuff on a Starfarer. Right. Um, but that would be me cause I'm not trying to do combat missions, although I will, I'm sure I'll do plenty. Um, all right. So what is your question for this week? Seaguard? Um, yeah. So this one was just thinking of pyro was, uh, what practices do you plan to use in pyro to reduce the damage and injuries you and your equipment will receive from solar flares? Okay. Excellent. I don't know if they're called solar flares cause that's based on soul, right? Yeah, technically they called it they called it something else in the playtest that I can't remember. It was like some kind of coronal something ejection. Yeah, something like that. Some kind of event they were yeah. calling it. I, you know, you know, hiding in the shadows is one thing. Certainly you could have equipment uh, I suspect they're going to have equipment that's more durable like mm. Uh, industrial equipment is very durable, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's one of its things. Um, Maybe look at the pure shield of... working. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, and you could also anticipate having to replace things, so go with cheaper equipment, right? Mm-hmm. Have two of everything instead of one of of everything, and that's very good. So, okay, it's kind of it's kind of an interesting question now because um, thinking of that. Crew play is going to be a big deal for a multiplayer ships, right? You're going to be able to do, you're going to have to do a lot on a multiplayer ship, mm. but a smaller single person ship won't have that level of complexity of play. Yeah. And it's, I wonder how they're going to balance that. Well, it may, but it. you won't, you might have to land and repair your ship and fix it and figure it out. Yeah. Versus the bigger ships, at least sometimes you can do that on the fly, you know? Right, you might be able to repair it while you're in movement, or uh, tr- you know, traveling from one point to another. There may be a possible way to repair it. You know, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I'd like to see, you know, like on a small ship, you may not be able to do this, but on big ships, you know, you can, you close your watertight hatches, you compartmentalize, you, you know, it, you uh, create voids to absorb explosions and things like that bigger ships I would hope become more durable um, because an engineer has taken the right preparations for combat. Right. Mm. I would hope that, you know, they, they increase their life, their lifespan by let's say 20%, you know, uh, you know, with the right equipment on board, they're just more durable than a single ship would be, uh, even though it may be automated. So. Excellent. Well, 100%. 100%. Good stuff looking. <laughs> yeah. 
I've been okay tonight. You have been phenomenal. I just had to throw it in there. You know? Yeah, I know. I know. I, I should have had. If I took the time to make T-shirts, I would have had that on the back of mine. Um. Now we got some questions from the audience. Uh, first comes from Trader Jeff. He says, uh, "Question for the next podcast: What was your favorite part of attending Citizen Con live?" In other words, something I wouldn't experience watching the streams. Drouse, what was your favorite part? Uh, I mean, obviously, hanging out with everybody's, you know, cool. That's that's the fun part. But, uh, I mean, if I was to say one thing for it, it would probably be the server meshing. Nice. Um, sorry, Chekhov, since you weren't there, oh, no. I don't think this is applicable to you. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Seagard? What was your favorite? Yeah, the number one thing was meeting everybody. That was extremely fun. You know, um, you know, you and I, well, all of us have known each other for a long time now. I mean, 2019, check off on myself. We've met, though. We've met you know, several times. Um, so I think that was number one. And then um, I think for me, it was the Squadron 42, right? I mean, the fact that they got to... Uh, boast a little bit of, you know, they've been taking a lot of abuse and finally he can come out and say, Hey, you know what? We're not just sitting on our thumbs, mm. right? It's not over yet, but you know, we, we may be past the hump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, for me, definitely. Yes. Meeting everyone. And also I would add to that just being surrounded by members of the community. It's, it's a very weird thing. I don't know many people in my personal life who can relate to the fact that I not only play a game this immersive and this in-depth, but that I record a podcast associated with said game. And so, as I've mentioned before, my roommate's like, I feel like you lead a double life. Um, And so being surrounded by that many people, it's very strangely feels like you're almost like in a safe space. Um, and it's just something that I've never, it's, it's weird being around that many people that, that care so much about something that so many people know nothing about. Yeah. So that's a unique experience. And then I do think just the energy of the room while things are being announced, it, you can see it a little bit in some of the video, but it's my like hype level throughout that entire the entire two days was so high on the edge of your seat yeah like it was literally you know my legs are going numb because we're uh, literally i'm sitting next to nets mage and i'm like i've never had to condense my body so small to fit in my seat (laughs) like i'm crushing my balls just sitting there I, and, I sat straddling the two seats forever so I wouldn't have that problem. <laughs> I asked why I didn't have a crack between the legs. <laughs> like, but it was well worth it yeah. as much as we wanted to recommend they space the chairs out ever so slightly. Yeah, geez, right? But, they could uh, have spaced them out. <laughs> you know, I probably answered my question wrong because it was, uh, you know, what was the, the best part that we couldn't see live? And obviously he could see server meshing live. But I would say your access to uh, the staff and the devs, yeah. content yeah. creators, uh, just people like that yeah. were just so uh, easily accessible and so uh, opening. 
Yeah, that was, that was probably yeah. one of the things that you could experience. Uh, I mean, live versus uh, watching it on the stream. We were headed to meet you at the at the lobby bar the first night. Yeah, and who do we walk by but Paul Shelley, and we're like, hey, and he's like, hey. Yeah, I mean, yeah, right. I think we ended up being in the uh, the Dev Hotel because Jared was hanging out downstairs. Mm. Will the River guy, now the Water guy, was hanging out down there. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, a lot of the devs were hanging out at, yeah. in, in the bar in our hotel. So, yeah, I saw Croncy in your lobby too at one point. Yeah, yeah, some of those guys were there. Yeah. Um. All righty. Yeah, good stuff, Trader Jeff. If you can get to one, uh, yeah. definitely try to if i can go to the manchester one i will the vip if, party now you know it wasn't as good you know it was you know it was the extra hundred bucks it was okay again it was the same access that you probably had just like what you would do with everything else i think they could have done better with that um if you're gonna we, pay that much more money like we got shorted because they were doing tours and they said oh come back in a little bit sign up we go back and sign up and then they shut it down so we didn't uh, end up getting our tour, so we weren't happy about that. And then, uh, I don't know. I think the food selection, you know, was kind of, kind of underrated or overrated. They definitely could have done better with that. Uh, and uh, drinks were good, you know. Needed a better beer selection than just Stella and Lagunitas IPA, but you know, mostly, mostly people drink cocktails, so it was good. Yeah, it was open bar, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, so I would have got an open yeah. bar for a hundred bucks. I would have yeah, got the food was worth. the food was was not <laughs> yeah. really food. That was the thing, you know. I think they could have done much better on that end, but yeah, you could have definitely got your cocktails worth for sure, you know. Oh, I would have. Yeah. I would have in a heartbeat. I, yeah, I yeah. Been double no, definitely. You know, but I think they should have uh, put a little more into that, you know. Yeah. But it was, you know, what was really cool about that uh, being there was uh chris you know he stood there in like one spot he came out eventually and stood in one spot and he had a line to the left of him and a line to the right of him uh-huh. and accepted every, he stood there the whole time waited for everybody to come up took pictures signed stuff you know talked to him for a little bit and he did that with everybody that wanted to do it yeah but he did that for at least probably a couple of hours i mean he's such an approachable person too yeah Someone had their. We got to see the guy who got his 890 jump model signed. We saw him as soon as he got it signed, jumping for joy. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I saw a post somewhere about that, I think. Got yep. him to sign it. Yeah. I saw it on Reddit. Um, yeah. Cybear said Of all the features shown off at CitizenCon, which one are you most looking forward to getting into the game, and why is it the star map? <laughs> yeah. Droz, what what are you most excited about getting in game? Uh, Star Map's great, you know. They like I said, that local inventory, local uh, local map was really cool. Mm. That one was was really nice. That looks exciting. Yeah, um, I'm lumping those all together since they are the same thing. The zero G, you know, we saw that last year. Oh yeah. So uh, you know, maybe seeing that, you know, done will be really nice. Um, hey, I mean. It's a lot of things, man. The uh, the gangs, the uh, the weapon wear, that kind of stuff. You know, mm. there's going to be a lot of, lot of, a lot of cool stuff. Hopefully, coming down the pipe within the next. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a lot. I mean, it's you know, and then the next year, very good stuff. Um, check off. Heads, How about up, you? heads up, the spade probably was really cool in the show. Oh though. yeah, that was really good. Extremely cool. Especially Wait, isn't this about live still. No, just what was shown off at CitizenCon that you're looking forward to seeing in-game. 
the the Habs, definitely the Habs. <laughs> Still the Habs. Yeah, I mean that's going to be amazing content. Um, Seagarn, how about you? Uh, I would say probably um, engineering was cool mm. for me, right? Uh, that was that was the big thing. I was I was extremely impressed with character customization though. Yeah, so thorough. I mean, God, tattoos, everything. Yeah, I'm excited for a lot of that stuff. I I think engineering is probably it's it's a toss up between the new star map, engineering, and cargo elevators. Yeah, Ooh, yeah. personal personal yeah, hangers, right. personal hangers, the freight elevators. Yeah. That's going to be really nice where you can bring up, you know, all your stuff. I think your you can bring up smaller vehicles too, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's going to be uh, awesome. Everything up to a ballista it showed. Yeah. But I think it, I think it's big enough to fit a tank even. I'd like to hear more about those raids that they were talking about too. Yeah. Kind of interesting to see what the what the deal is with that, you know. Yeah. What what attributes you would get from the equipment that you would win out of there? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Benefit, um, you know, they were talking about the crafting as well, you know, making yeah. ships and stuff like that. So, and how complex, I mean, I'm sure that'll be semi complex. Um, Mach 3 generic said, um, or Mark 3 generic, I always say Mach 3, but it's Mark 3. Um, what was the most jarring part of returning to Star Citizen in either live or one of the PTU versions? compared to what we saw at CitizenCon. For me, it was the star map. That thing really hurts to see and use while knowing it's being worked on. What was the most jarring change for you, Dros, or, or return to normal for you? Um, I, you know, of course the star map. We all want a new star map. Um, that's That's huge, but probably after seeing those freight elevators you know you now you're like oh mm-hmm. man you know that 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 was really 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 unique so that'll be something i'll be looking forward to yeah it feels like that's not going to be too far i feel like that's like we would hope you know first like, half of next year i like how they uh you know with the base building they said you know that they're going to have the, the the three options you know we're well secured mm. average secured no secured so mm. they were very uh straightforward about that so that was nice yeah what about you check off what was the most jarring thing to see yeah i think on with drows star map is the biggest pain and the the elevators yeah that's really cool seaguard sorry i was on mute yeah, yeah the same thing same okay thing. yep same for me. I think obviously the star map and and just, I mean any of those quality quality of life improvements like, um, you know just the nice UI changes. Um, S. Gateman said, "I can't help but also answer this because I just experienced it myself. I just watched the video where they showed the new flight UI." And then I went into live and saw the old one and puked all over my clean cockpit. I didn't realize how busy it truly was. That's funny. <laughs> what do you guys think about the uh, the radiation deal? I thought it was really cool. Yeah. 
Hopefully yeah. Suits that'll protect us, right? Yeah, and hopefully yeah. it's not too gimmicky. Like, obviously the test example they showed was a little gimmicky. You want to talk about gimmicky? They need to get rid of that slide, or they need to retune that slide that they showed. Oh, the that looked, uh, that looked disgusting. I didn't love the slide. Yeah, it, it, it it's fine if you want to add it in, but you got to like basically, you know, they they slid and they were up and moving at the same speed right away. You got to make it. To yeah. where you got to at least uh, there has to be some downside to it, you know. Yeah, I mean the whole idea is you're supposed to be ducking for cover. Not necessarily like going straight into shooting somebody. I I cannot stress enough how awkward you feel with all your crap on, and how less than grateful or graceful you are when you're running with all your equipment on. I I I mean, it is so depressing and makes you feel so vulnerable. <laughs> you feel like you want to do it head first, right? Oh yeah, I mean, there's like rolling over. You got canteens on your hip. You got you got two of those. You got your freaking uh, butt pack, and you got your freaking gas mask on your right leg, and your pistol if you got one, and you just kind of roll it up. You feel like a turtle. I mean, you can't get up. Don't forget, don't forget your uh, multi tool. <laughs> and your phone. Yeah, I mean, it's just like, oh my god, military, no less. Yeah, I mean, it, you know. And any time anyone runs at a sprint, someone always catches their foot and falls on their face. I mean, it's just the way it is. <laughs> That's um, what they should do. Now, uh, those were all the questions for us. Uh, anybody have any additional comments they want to make before we wrap this puppy up? Uh, Drowse, anything else you wanted to mention at all? No, I just want to thank you for having me on. You know, it was good. Yeah, it was great having so, you on. Good times. Yeah. Uh, you know, look forward to doing it again sometime, and uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, Hope anytime. Everybody had a good time, you know. Lots, yeah. of, lots of exciting stuff, you know. We, we came back from like a a lull, not much going on. Seems like a lot of stuff, you know, happening. We got Siege Orson coming back. We got some missions that were added in in three twenty one. So a lot of cool I, stuff. He, it, yeah. The one thing I will say is they didn't let up post citizen con which usually there's a lull right and we've been having patches we've got ptu we've got the pyro play testing we have all this stuff going on or that had been going on that it carried us all the way to iae get there they got their foot on the gas yeah it feels a lot better than other years yeah um check off any final thoughts statements feelings no, just glad to be back I haven't been on for a while that was fun Alrighty. Um, Seaguard? Uh, I'd just like to uh, thank uh, Droz, my homeboy, since he is living in the town I was born in, That was, uh, which is a relatively small, unknown town. So That's funny. Yeah, that was yeah. funny. It's a small world. Oh. Hope you guys had a good time at Citizen Con. And oh, had yeah. A, had a, uh, Definitely. Uh, had a little meal, a couple drinks, you know. It was good, yeah. good yeah. times. You know? Thanks for shuttling us around that night. That was yeah. great. Oh, yeah. yeah Thank good. you. And we got to meet Mrs. Drowse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, the bills in the mail. Yeah, here you go. Like a medical, like a medical bill to show you, Bill. What the hell is this for? <laughs> I'll try to take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything to say except maybe um, I – 
I've whittled down my dating life, so I should be okay. Oh, <laughs> and work is finally getting normal. Come so, back to the verse. <laughs> Come back to the verse. We miss you. So I should be playing more and recording more because my life is starting to get somewhat stable. Um, but if you do have any questions, comments, thoughts, feelings, anything you want to respond to, uh, you can do so by emailing us at citizencastsc at gmail.com. You could DM our Twitter handle at CitizenCastSC. You could submit a message through our Spotify landing page. Or, of course, you can join our CitizenCast Discord. Uh, if you are out there looking for a crew, looking for an org, or people to play with between solo sessions, people to hang out with at CitizenCon, you know, take a look at the community over at Parlay House. It's a neutral zone for players of all types to hang out, socialize, and enjoy the best space sim the verse has to offer. Um... And of course, finally, um, we do have some friends of the show who are fellow content creators. So don't forget to watch the videos on YouTube by Earth, Snorkel, and Undead Parrot. You could also listen to the music uh, created by Admiral Cody and Calibri, which is uh, featured prominently throughout this episode, uh, as well as um, take a look at Star Jumps, Fleet Viewer, uh, as well as our friends of the show, Graham and VMZO, who frequently will Twitch stream um under star jumps banner um and that dear friends wraps up another episode of citizen cast thanks for listening fellow citizens we'll see you next week hopefully <laughs> hopefully that's right now we gotta make sure everything uh works good soon yeah tm yes oh that just reminded me of one thing we didn't mention check off it was so oh. funny seaguard and i were checking into our room and we're sitting there in the lobby and it's just like you you get this sneaking suspicion like I think this person's here for Citizen Con <laughs> and then all of a sudden you hear someone be like is that you Astral Lightning? That's <laughs> me oh that's funny it's me Doomfang42 exactly. oh, they're like oh my god man yes it's so great to meet you in person. And then come to find out everyone in the entire lobby was part of Citizen Con. And there was a couple that had Classic. soon TM t-shirts. And That's funny. My favorite was there were the guys in the hospital gowns. And day two, they brought the soccer ball because uh -huh. of the demonstration of the soccer ball. And that's when Jerry yeah, was yeah, playing yeah. around with it. So funny. That sounds like an insurance commercial. That's right. <laughs>